Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Uh, This is our final episode in our four-part series of the ECE forecast, and I'm excited for today's topic to talk about financials. So before I kind of dive into my viewpoint on financials and what you guys should be tracking for and what you should be looking at for 2024, let's do a quick recap of the series that we've had until now. So the ECE forecast is really looking at the four key pillars that we need to be understanding and taking a deep dive into as we head into 2024 and beyond. So the first episode was on leadership. Then we spoke about parent partnerships, child relationships. And today we're talking about parents. The reason I chose those four key buckets is those are the four areas that have had a slow deterioration or sometimes rapid deterioration over the last four years. And those buckets are really some of the critical levers that when they're pulled appropriately, the right agility and perspective, you're really going to see exponential growth inside of your organization. So let's try to first understand and create context to why people are finding themselves a little bit in a financial crisis. Besides for the fact that inflation is almost up by 40%, interest rates are you know astronomical numbers that we've never seen before. In general, everything costs more money now. People have done massive tuition increases, sometimes multiple tuition increases in one calendar year inside of their organization with very little pushback from families. We're really recognizing just where the financial landscape is heading. Now, another reason why people are finding themselves in a little bit of this kind of financial crunch is because there was a lot of influx of COVID and relief money during the pandemic. And it was really a lifeline for a lot of educational institutions because it really provided a lot of this financial relief for, you know, staffing and salary increases and purchasing supplies and health and safety protocols and all of these things. And just like any time we get a surge of something, um, we need to understand the habitual process of human beings. 
And then when they get more money, most human beings are not necessarily going and saying, hey, I have more money. I could save more. I could put stuff aside. I could put this away for a rainy day. People are going to spend. And so what's happened is that you have a lot of childcare facilities that are crying again and saying, we need more relief money. We need this. We need this. We need this. We need the government to bail us out again. Now, I think it's really important for you to understand like where you are, what's important to you, you know, what your statements look like, what your actual numbers look like. I typically come from the mindset of not waiting for people to save you. I really like understanding the concept of self-determination, taking care of yourself, understanding, not not selfishly taking or taking care of your community and not constantly looking for bailouts. While I do think government has, you know, an important role that they play inside of the childcare space in general, constantly looking and turning to government to save us and pull us out of everything really abdicates your agency and your own advocacy to really understand how to take care of yourself and your community. And so we want to look at these opportunities and say, how can we take care of ourselves, increase our profit margins, make the right investments without turning to government or to other people to do handouts for us? So again, if this episode feels triggering and you're like, well, the government should help us do that, that's fine. There's a lot of content out there on how the government can help and where to get involved and how to sit at different state, you know, conversations in different boardrooms. Absolutely. Please go and take care of yourself in that way. But if you are listening to this and you're like, I want to know what I can do on my own to increase profits inside of my business. I want to know on my own how I can use resources that I have already available to me and make the right investments that can churn massive ROI, then you're in the right place here. So the financial conversation we're going to have here is not about how do you read a PL, how do you do QuickBooks, a tutorial on that, where you should be investing in real estate. That's not what I'm talking about here. There's, again, way more qualified people to talk about those things than I am. I am going to talk about the boots on the ground and for the entrepreneurs that are gritty and like to hustle um, and are looking at these things and saying, I know that there is money sitting on the table that I am not touching yet. Great. Let's dive into that. Okay. So the first, I'm going to talk about two different buckets here. There's the first bucket, which is the money leaks inside of your child's care. So there are several core money leaks that when you close them, you immediately increase your profits because you have closed these leaks that are hemorrhaging money that's coming into the business is immediately being thrown out by these leaks. So I'm going to explain what some of those core money leaks are and how you can actually close them. The second bucket we want to look at is investment gaps. So investment gaps are many of you are sitting on a lot of money or you've made a significant amount of more cash inside of your business in the last years. Maybe your company has grown or you actually took the COVID relief money and used it appropriately, whatever it is. And you're sitting on extra money and you're like, well, what do I do with this extra money? How do I invest it appropriately? The most common thing that people are running to is, do I open another retirement account? Do I go invest in real estate? Do I go, you know, look at Bitcoin? I don't know, whatever those things. I want to actually introduce you to a different perspective of investment gaps. And that is understanding that as you make more money, you need to reinvest in yourself as a leader to be able to stay at the high level that you want to be playing at. So we'll dive into that a little bit later in in the episode. But let's first get started with the money leaks inside of child cares. 
So one of the first money leaks that you'll see inside of a childcare is underutilized spaces. So underutilized spaces are typically classrooms that are not full to capacity, classrooms that are actually abandoned, they don't have any children inside of them, multi-purpose rooms that could be rented out or used in other ways. So underutilized spaces, when you have a building, whether you own the building or you're renting the building, there are spaces inside of your building that if they are being used optimally, can actually bring in extra money inside of the business and significantly significantly increase your profits inside of your childcare facility. So that is one simple money leak inside of the business. Another money leak is lack of effective billing and collection processes. So this is actually something that many people have done really, really well, and some people need some tweaking here. So inadequate billing and collection leads to a lot of revenue leakage because people are not paying on time. There's not accurate collections. People's credit cards expire. They don't upload the, you know, they don't upload the new ones. There's a lapse in payment, checks bounce, like fees are not brought in appropriately, all of those things. So a money leak to look at inside of your business is effective billing and collection processes. And if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I actually have no idea what goes on over there, please go check that out. If you're listening, you're like, no, we have someone that takes care of it. Great. Go and do a trust and verify. Go sit down and ask the person in the last 30 days, how many failed credit card payments happened? How many of them were recouped? Meaning the card failed, but we were able to get it. You know, it was at hundred percent, 90%, 80%, you know, how many checks bounced? How many people like ask the right questions to your billing department so that you can know, is this a money leak that I actually need to close in 2024? Another huge money leak inside of childcare is inefficient scheduling. Poor scheduling leads to overstaffing or understaffing, which are both costly. Knowing how to optimize staff schedules based on enrollment and activity is a art and science. And when you have inefficient scheduling, you are hemorrhaging money. So notice how the three things that I shared here are actually nothing to do with anyone coming in to save you. This is you using your incredible brain and wisdom that you already have and sitting down and asking yourself these questions so you can look and say, is this a money leak inside of our business? Let's look at the fourth money leak, food waste. In childcare centers that provide meals and snacks, food waste is a significant cost. Due to lack of meal planning and portion control, a lot of schools are wasting a lot of food. So whenever Mayor and I want to look at our budget, kind of tighten things up in our home, the first thing we always look at is the grocery bill. The first one, right? We're feeding a family of six. We host a lot. We like to host events. We like to host people for Shabbat meals. Like hosting is a huge part of practicing our value of generosity. Hosting usually requires food. Food costs a lot of money these days. And so food waste from simple changes of portion control and meal planning are a powerful way to close a money leak inside of your business. So look at your meals, look at your just entire food distribution operation that happens from ordering snacks to the cook, to the lunches, to the fruits, to the veg, to everything associated with food, actual food, and ask yourself, is there opportunity to optimize this a little bit better? Um, And then again, it's not just about, did I optimize it a little bit better? And did I close the leak? Did I close the leak 
in a way that if it opens up again, someone is going to be aware that it's opened and is going to make sure it gets closed, right? Money leaks are not something where you close it and then it never opens up again. That's not how life works, right? Regular maintenance of all of these things is a critical part of running a center, right? Just like how you build a bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, the, you know, San Francisco Bridge, any of the bridges um, that exist in the world, any of the tunnels, they need consistent maintenance. Not you build it once and you never go back there again. Bridges get wear and tear. Tunnels get wear and tear. Systems and processes get wear and tear. Are you looking at those? Because those create a lot of uh, leaks inside of the business. Okay, that leads me to my next one, which is maintenance neglect. Delaying maintenance or repairs leads to costly issues in the long run. So when we moved to Florida, we have a pool in our backyard, which we're so blessed with. And we didn't really know how to take care of it or anything like that. And, you know, the previous owner had said, it's a saltwater pool. All you have to do is add salt and, you know, it's fine. It creates this natural chlorine or whatever it is. Like you don't really need someone to kind of, you know, maintain it. Anyways, we believed him. Mayor was like trying to take care of the pool. Um, And then stuff started to break down. We didn't know what we were, you know, looking at or whatever it was. And we finally brought someone in and he was like, oh, like you need to empty out the entire water from the pool. I have to reline the entire pool and then you have to refill the water again. That costed us over $3,000 simply from maintenance neglect. This was pure neglect of maintenance. This was not like, oh, it couldn't be avoided. It had like, this is just, I don't know, part of what happens here when you live in Florida. No, this was maintenance neglect. And so maintenance neglect really, really creeps its way in little parts of the classrooms, the offices, the building, the facade of the building, the interior of the building, all of these things, if they are maintained appropriately, it costs a lot less money than coming to redo something um, or having to like revamp this whole thing because it wasn't maintained properly. So ask yourself, who is in charge of the maintenance of this building? Is it you? Is it your director? Like who is in charge of doing those walkthroughs and those checks to say, one second, something's peeling over there. If we wait 30 days, the whole roof is, the whole ceiling is actually going to come down and we're going to have to spend way more money versus bringing someone now and saying, One second, there's a leak. Let's fix the leak. And then, you know, the ceiling stays. These things happen all the time, all the time, all the time. When I was a director, when I was a manager, like these things happened all the time. They still happen today. This is not a new concept. Maintenance neglect is a huge money leak inside of the business. Other ones, unmonitored supplies and inventory. So on a recent coaching call that I had with our owners group, one of the owners asked a question around, you know, she kept saying, she's like, you know, I feel like I can't catch up. I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I can't catch up no matter how much money we bring into the business or enrollment. I feel like it just goes right out the back door. So I started to ask and dig some more questions because that's what I do on coaching calls, right? I don't just be like, oh, that's what's happening. Okay, here's your tip and trick. Nobody needs tips and tricks. So I started to ask more questions. And we got to the root of one of the big issues inside of her center was unmonitored supplies and inventory. She was, you know, ordering all these supplies. And she's like, one second, we went through 10,000 gloves in 30 days. How did that happen? So unmonitored inventory 
it's not only a money leak, it's like a money like gaping hole. Um, because if you don't have proper baselines of here is how much gloves this center should be going through on a weekly basis. Here's how much potatoes, oranges, uh, milk, cereal, this center should be going through on a weekly basis based on how many children are enrolled, how much capacity this building has, how many staff we have, etc. all those variables, this is how much we should be going through. So looking at that and saying, who is in charge of monitoring that, right? A lot of you have someone who orders supplies, whose job is it to manage the inventory against the baselines that you've created and making sure it's tracking appropriately. That's a totally different job. That ensures that you're not hemorrhaging money in the realm of supplies and inventory. Last money leak, excessive administrative costs. There are far too many leaders that have overcomplicated administrative processes and a lot of administrative staff that lead to massive operational costs. There is a lot of software, of systems, of processes where you can automate certain things, where you can leverage just automation, you can leverage EAs, VAs, all these. There's so much resources out there. But before you just dive in and be like, oh, I really need to hire a VA. Oh, we really need to get this software. Stop it. Don't do that. Ask yourself questions first. Do a proper assessment and diagnostic of your operational costs and say, how much money is it costing us from an operational side of this business to run effectively? What jobs need to happen? What job is a job that a software company could do? What job is something that is a human person needs to do? What is a job that a human needs to do, it, but it doesn't need to be in your center. It could be something that is, you know, remote. There's so many things to look at. And here's the thing. So many of you are listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so many things I could work on. There's so many leaks inside of my business. Where do I get started? Here's the first step. The first thing is get the bus rolling. Just get started with something. Pick one of the money leaks that I shared here with you and say, okay, I am going to attack this money leak. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make the time for it. Because here's the thing. So many of you are like, but I don't have time to look at those things. Let me tell you something. You have time to do something, right? You are busy in your day. So ask yourself one simple question and say, is what I have planned to do tomorrow more important than plugging these money leaks? Simple question. It might not be. It might be like, no, the thing that I have planned is more important. Great. Is the thing that you have planned on Wednesday more important than plugging the money leaks? Is the thing you have planned on Thursday more important than the money leaks? I don't know. I can't answer that question for you. You know you better than I know you. And so look at those money leaks and understand what do I need to look at for 2024? The reason why I'm including this in the forecast is because, dear gosh, so many of you are setting big goals, big initiatives, uh, hiring more staff, looking at all these different things and, you know, wanting to spend money or, or wanting to make more money or I, I don't know, all that. First, look at how to plug holes and consistently look at how you're plugging holes. Then we can look at how it's always easy to make money. It's actually really simple. It's not a very complicated thing of how to make money. Enroll another child. You know, th That's like the simplest thing. It's It's keeping the money. It's making sure the money doesn't leak out of the business. It's investing the money properly. It's not hard to make money. It is very difficult to keep it, maintain it, keep it plugged in and invest it appropriately so the money works for you. So that is one perspective of financials that I want you to be looking at in 2024 and beyond. 
So let's look at another area of financials that has been impacted in the last four years and how we track for the next decade. So with the entire mindset around anxiety, scarcity-based decision-making, feeling kind of like tight and quelched and just like, oh my God, I feel so, so squeezed. When we feel that way for a long time, our brains kind of naturally go into this fight or flight response, which is scarcity-based decision-making. And so a lot of leaders are making decisions about resource allocation and all these different things from a place of, I'm not going to have enough. I'm not going to have enough. And we need to shift the anxiety and the pressure to be able to make decisions from a place of what are the essential needs of this business? What are the essential needs that will pull the company in the next direction, um, in the next phase, whatever growth means for you, uh, whatever you know your next level reinvention looks like for you in your organization, but removing the scarcity-based decision-making. So you're not thinking from a place of, I don't have, I can't afford, that's more than I was thinking about, but you're actually looking at how does this track me moving forward? How does this move towards my bigger goals for 2024? Another area of focus when it comes to financials is understanding needs versus wants, okay? So there's a big discernment between a need and a want in your organization. And when we're looking at some financial constraints, it's really important to prioritize essential needs that directly impact the quality, the education, the safety of students, of staffs, of everyone. And so it's very difficult to create kind of these discretionary decisions on, is this a need? Is this a want? Is this a need? Is this a want? Because especially entrepreneurs and school leaders are very good at making a case for anything, right? Like a lot of times, you know, things will come into the business and I'll be like, I can make a case how this is a really big need, or I can make a case how this is a really big want. Like I can negotiate my way through anything. Um, You know, I can, I can tell you anything that you want to hear. I can decide that it's this, or I can decide that it's this. A self-aware leader is going to say, yes, I know that I have the capacity to argue that this is a need. I know that I can sit down and make an argument any day of the week why this is so critical. Or I could sit down and actually get quiet and be reflective and say, is this really a need connected to company values, connected to the big goals? Is this something I really need to look at? And I find that it's very difficult to do in your position of leadership because of your position and because, you know, you ultimately have the final say in it. And also you can make an argument for anything. Like it's so important to remember your kryptonite. It's so important to remember your weak spots that you could actually make a case for why that's a need, but really ask yourself, is it a need or is it a want? (sighs) Let's go a little bit farther here. Um, Another part of financials I want to bring to your attention for 2024 and beyond, and I think a part of financials that is really, really not spoken about pretty much anywhere uh, in the childcare space is charitable giving. Charitable giving and paying it forward, whether you're doing that through financial means or through your time, which is a massive resource, is a really big part of your legacy. And in Schools of Excellence and on this podcast and the clients that we work with, they are clients that are deeply thinking about their legacy and beyond. They are thinking about the impact that they're creating through the work that they're doing, through the business that they created. And charity is not something that it's like, I can only give charity when I'm making X amount of money. I can only do this when I, you know, I'm at this income bracket or at this income bracket. Charity is something you can give at any stage of business, at any mile marker, at any income level. 
obviously you give charity based on like where you are, right? So someone who's making a billion dollars a year is giving charity very differently than someone who's making a half a million dollars a year. Um, and sometimes not, right? Like, like something... <laughs> If you really go and look into the research of just where the vast majority of charitable giving comes from in America, it's not really coming from like the top bajillionaires in America. It's it's coming from a lot from everyday people um, who really value charitable contribution in this world. And so you may be listening to this episode and thinking, why is she talking about charity? Like, you know, I still have debt. I still have this. Like, I haven't recovered from COVID. I could barely pay my staff. We haven't paid ourselves in months or whatever it is. Here's the thing I want you to think about. Charitable giving is paying it forward. It's about understanding that no matter how much you have, there is always someone who can use a little bit of what you have also. There's always someone that has a little less than you as well. And so looking at the gifts that you have, the um, opportunities that you have, the financial resources, the options that you have, the choices that you get to make, the place that you get to live in, the house that you get to live in, the just what you have accessible to you and looking and saying, how can I give a little bit of this to someone else? How can I pay a little about this forward to someone else? So charitable giving can start as simple as we are going to create in our school that whenever someone has a baby, so, you know, myself or someone on the team is going to make them dinner or whatever it is. And you might be thinking, oh, we already do that. Great. That means you're already doing charitable giving. You're already giving forward of yourself to other people, giving of yourself through acts of goodness and kindness. Now, the thing to look at, um, because just like as you make more money, you are looking at how do I make sure that my tax strategy is, you know, set up appropriately and my 401k and my investments and my wills and my trusts and all of these things, right? You're looking at all these things as you make more money. Are you also looking at, at the same time that you're making more money, how am I increasing my charitable giving? And, and I share these personal stories because I want you to understand that like what I share with you, I practice what I preach here. When I sit down with our CFO, our accountant, our financial advisor, and we're looking at just the numbers, the first questions, one of the first three questions I'm asking is, how can we increase charitable contributions this year? How can we give more than we gave last year? Every single year, for those of you that follow me on social media, I post this quite often. Before the Jewish New Year, which is the high holiday season, typically tracks in September and October time, I sit down and I take a check from the business, a blank check, and I write out how much money I want the business to give in charity this year. And so our business gives 10% of company profits to charity. And sometimes we give a little bit more because we also give from our personal uh, draws. And so I write, this is how much money I want to give in charity. Now I have to figure out, okay, how much money does a business need to make so that I can give this much money to charity. But charitable contribution is baked into how I design the business and how I design the financial strategy of the company. I'm constantly looking at how do I increase our charitable contribution? And so I hope this inspires you to think about, is there something that I can do in charitable giving based on whatever I do have from a resource standpoint, whether that's financial resources, options, opportunities, time, what resources do you have that you're like, I can give a little bit of this to someone else is such a beautiful way to enter 2024. So that's a charitable giving and paying it forward. So now I want to look at another aspect and I'm going to create a whole additional episode on this because I think it deserves kind of its own conversation. But I want to highlight here in the forecast 
why this is something people need to be looking at. If you're listening to this, as I'm explaining, you're like, oh my gosh, this is me, then I want you to message me because we have some amazing opportunities of working with leaders who are playing in this 1% game. So let me walk you through what I'm talking about when I talk about investment gaps. So as you increase your income and your financial resources, there are very specific health, wellness, peace of mind investments that significantly improve your quality of life and significantly improve your ability to consistently stay at the level you've built and grow from there. And far too many people neglect these investments. Something to really understand from kind of a, I don't know, psychographics percentage standpoint is the percentage of female business owners in America is is pretty small. The percentage of female business owners who are tracking seven figures and above is even smaller than that. And so if you are, I think it's like 1% uh, the last time I checked kind of the data. And so if you are running a childcare facility that is tracking seven figures and above, you need to understand that there's a very small percentage of you that exists in America, exists in the world. And so there's not going to be a ton of information out there around what should I be doing? What should I be investing in? What should I be spending my time and money on, right? Your two greatest assets. We're not asking those questions because we feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know that I can ask those questions. Like now I'm going to feel all pompous and greedy and, you know, all whatever it is or whatever kind of shame-based garbage you, you tell yourself, right? The bully inside of our brain really comes out when we start asking these questions. So, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek into this. And if you are interested in more of this, please private message me and I will record some kind of additional content on this. So investment gaps that leaders who are earning at a high level forget to make is one, their physical and mental health. When you reach a certain level of success, in order to stay at that level, you need to be in prime physical and mental conditions. And so reinvesting some of the money in your ability to stay at that level and buy back your time. So you're looking at, can someone do food prep? Can someone like, where are my meals coming from? Am I eating and drinking what I'm supposed to be eating and drinking? Do I need to invest in other opportunities for my mental health? So I'm staying in a strong uh, mental acuity standpoint. Now, these are questions that you're not going to be asking when you are playing at a different level. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, that's fine. Take care of the money leaks. Go look at different investments inside of the business. Make sure you're tracking your P&Ls appropriately and your percentages look correctly and all of those things. And then once you've done all those things and you're like, hey, one second, I know there's more or that's basic for me. I've already done all those things. You know, now I'm looking over here. We need to make sure that once you get to a certain level, not only can you make sure you're maintaining that, but you're building the right infrastructure to go to the next level. So think of a typical scaffolding. As they continue to build higher and higher up in the building, they're building the next level of scaffolding before they're ready to climb there. You have to build the next level of scaffolding inside of your personal reservoir before you go to the next level. And so reinvesting in your physical and mental health is critical to stay at the level that you've built for yourself and beyond. This is why I'm including this in the forecast here. So many of you have worked so 
hard to get to where you are right now. And I'm telling you that if you're not going to reinvest in some of these investment gaps, you will play the game of shoots and ladders throughout 2024 and beyond. You will go up and you will slide right back down. You will go up, you will slide right back down. You need to be making the right investments in yourself. So let's talk about one other critical one. And then there's a bunch more. There's really 10 investment gaps. Um, and again, if you're interested and you want to know what these are, these are things that these are conversations that I have with our legacy members. These are conversations that I have when I come in and do leadership days with clients, um, where I do like one-on-one on-sites with the leadership team, with the owner. These are next level conversations. These are not, these are closed door conversations because so many people are afraid to even say that they want to have this conversation because so many of their colleagues are not playing at that game yet. And so if you are, please send me a message so we can have a conversation. So the final piece of investment gaps that I want to share, and again, this is, there's physical, mental, I'm going to share one more, but there's really 10 investment gaps. I'm sharing three with you here today. The third investment gap that is so critical is stress management. As I started to make more money inside of the business, inside of our family life, a huge metric of how I know I'm tracking for success inside of my life is, am I decreasing my aggravation levels based on the amount of money that I'm making? I'm going to say that again for everyone. Pause and really listen. Are you decreasing your aggravation levels, your stress levels based on the amount of money that you're earning? When I think of freedom, freedom of choice, freedom of like freedom of like just opportunities. I think of freedom of massive stressors and aggravation. There are always going to be stressors inside of my life. Hello, I have four kids. I run a company. I have over nine employees inside of my business, right? There is a lot that is tracking inside of my brain consistently. And If I am not taking some of the money that we make inside of the business and investing it in decreasing aggravation levels, why the hell am I making this money? For what? At what cost? At the cost of my stress level and aggravation? At the cost of raising my kids where I'm yelling all the time? Like, no, thank you. I want to be decreasing my aggravation levels. And so this is a gap in leadership. This is a gap that many, many female uh, business owners in childcare are not investing in. They are not looking at and saying, great, we've tracked X amount of money inside of the business. What draw am I taking to reduce aggravation in my life? Are you even aware of the aggravations in your life? Are you even aware of the stressors in your life? Are you even aware that there are certain stressors that you can actually delegate to other people uh, to manage? There are certain stressors that will always be yours to hold. Always. Part of raising my four kids, I'm going to hold all of those stressors, right? And then there are certain stressors of running a household that I am not going to hold because I don't need to, because I have worked hard to create this income where I can reinvest it now and decrease my aggravation levels. And so again, this is a totally different kind of conversation where we're not looking about, I don't have enough, I don't this, I don't that. Again, scarcity-based thinking, looking in and saying, Now that the business is at this place, how do I reinvest in myself so that I can stay at this optimal level and continue to evolve and reinvent myself and reinvent the company? So I hope today's episode just really got you thinking 
from a different perspective, got you really asking yourself like, oh, I want to go do this. I want to go check that out. I want these podcasts are they're for like they're part of my legacy work. They will live on the show. They will live on all parts of the internet. You can go back and re-listen to this, it's not disappearing anywhere. It's not, you know, an Instagram story. Go back, re-listen, take notes, um, re-listen to certain parts of the conversation that I was sharing here. Because looking at financials as a bucket for 2024 that you want to look at, it's asking all of these questions, right? It's looking at those financial plans. It's looking at your materials budget and baselines. It's looking at your budget prioritization. It's looking at, you know, where is the reporting? Where are the maintenance reports? It's looking at all of these things. So I want to thank you for joining me for this amazing series. I had so much fun researching it, recording it, just creating everything associated with it. So I hope it has been super, super valuable for you as a business owner, as a director, as an owner. And if you've enjoyed this series and you're like, I want to learn more. I want to be part of Schools of Excellence World. I want to be coached. I want to be mentored. I want to understand how, you know, we can partner with you and work together. Then please fill out an application in the show notes. You can, we'll jump on a right fit call. Or if you're thinking the directors and a circle owners, I'm not looking for a program. I want to, you know, do a leadership day. I want to just have a conversation with you about opportunities to go deeper, to work with me further. Send us an email. All the links in the show notes are so many ways to get a hold of us, so many ways to connect with us. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for joining me. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.